Welcome to the Code Stories Podcast. The name of my guest is Dorian Dominguez. Dorian is a high school dropout turned self-taught software developer. With no prior experience in tech, he taught himself how to code in his 30s using online resources. He's now been working as a full-stack web developer for the last three and a half years. He also has an awesome YouTube channel where he shares his experience to help motivate people who are learning to code. Don't forget to check out this channel and leave a subscription. Let's get to know more about Dorian. Dorian, what's up? How are you? Good, good. How's it going? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking your time to be part of the show. And uh, it's pretty late on your side, right? It's like 11 yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 11 p.m. right 11 now. 11 p.m., so. yeah. It's like 8 on my side, 8 a.m. on my <laughs> side. So just woke up. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we finally made it happen. We've been planning this for a while, actually. So uh, I think I started my YouTube channel in January, and you started like two months later. And then I um, uploaded a video when I was talking about my journey into software development. And then I saw a comment of yours <laughs> asking, uh, "Hey, what's up?" Oh, no, first you uh, say, uh, "Congratulations for your." journey and uh, doing great uh, videos and um, should we collab or and uh, what about uh, uh, I think it was at you asked for podcast or something like that and I was like hmm okay this guy's from the states how should that how should that work uh, yeah. I, that not, never gonna work so I was thinking to myself I'm never gonna do remote podcast right <laughs> I remote <laughs> podcast is not my thing I want people to be here on site I want to talk to people face to face here in my studio and then um, it was actually you actually made me uh, started doing remote podcast it was you were, you were the first person that made me start to like reconsider um, my stance uh, towards remote podcasting and um, yeah so I wanted to reach more people I want to be more dynamic flexible and I was like man maybe Dorian Dorian is right I, maybe I should <laughs> I should try this remote podcast thing and this will be, uh, yeah, something that can be really helpful for um, for other people, actually. And um, so COVID came and things <laughs> went down ceiling and um, uh, many people are doing podcasts, remote podcasts. And uh, so, yeah, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to do the remote podcasting. And uh, you are actually my third guest. My first one was, uh, first one was Danny. <laughs> and uh, yep. the legendary Danny Thompson and um, yeah thank you very much for being part of this um, I'm really really happy to do this I, I I remember when I when I first saw your channel I was like oh, I really like what he's doing and, and I did mention the remote thing and I'm just glad that we we made it happen and like you said with COVID uh, pretty much anything that can be remote is now remote, remote you know yeah. under these circumstances so it's it's nice that you know being a clear across the world from each other that we can we're able to do this and we're able to, to talk and and you know impact people that are in different parts of the world so it's it's pretty nice i'm excited to do this i'm actually a little nervous but yeah i remember when i first reached out to you and, and made a comment on your channel i was like man i really like this guy's channel i hope i can i can be on it one day so here we are <laughs> great great and uh talking about uh, remote uh so you're working from home i guess right 
Yes, yes. Um, when when everything first happened, uh, you know, I, I live in Washington state and we were one of the first states to get hit in the US uh, real hard in Seattle and whatnot. So my job, uh, they decided when this first happened, hey, we're gonna we're gonna go remote for a few months and see what happens. And then it just kept getting pushed and pushed and, you know, a few months turned into, okay, well, we'll consider people coming back into the office in January. And then, you know, a, a few months pass. And then it's like, you know what, we're, we're not even gonna consider people coming in until next year. So right now, for the foreseeable future, June is the closest time that they will even consider bringing people back into the office. And they've already said that it's wow. more than likely that people that can be remote are gonna probably stay remote as much as they can even after June. So I, I feel like I'm an, a remote employee now. Oh, so it's kind of nice. Great, great. And how's your experience being uh, doing remote office, uh, home office? I, I like it when I, so if, if you see what, like one of my early videos, you'll see that I had a little computer in what looked like was a closet because it, it was a closet. And I had a really small desk in basically our family room where my kids would play because I would occasionally work from home one day a week because my, I, my job offered that flexibility for one work from home day. But once this became a thing and, and after a couple weeks of working at home and working in that little closet and having my, my three-year-old and my four-year-old playing behind me, I was like, I, I need an office. And then that's when I, I decided to take the, the spare shop that we had in the house that we bought and convert it into my office slash home studio, which is what, what I'm working in now. And it's much more comfortable. But the to get acclimated at first, the first month was really, really difficult. Yeah, same experience here also. I was also having some really hard time trying to focus, trying to f concentrate, especially because of the, the media was pushing all different kind of uh, things out there regarding COVID. And uh, so it was not that easy to stay focused on your work. And you've got kids, I've got kids. And uh, so... <laughs> It was kind of it was, it was complicated but uh, i think after three four weeks uh, i was able to like isolate myself from the family when i'm at work and uh, just um, make sure that i'm able to work from home great thank you all right uh tell us about yourself who is dorian uh, all right uh so i am a high school dropout um turn web developer slash software engineer full stack developer you know i i many, many of those different titles I, I i do now i've been working as a uh front-end developer and a full stack developer for the last three and a half years i taught myself how to code a uh, little over four years ago it took me, I don't know, about 10 months, close to a year to, to get my first job, but I'm completely self-taught. And before that, I worked in jobs like retail and customer service. And uh, the majority of it was like hospitality. I worked at hotels and waiting tables and, and uh, at nightclubs, parking cars. So I've, I've done everything but tech. I, I never had a tech job until I decided to pursue software development and, and learn how to code. Wow, amazing. Uh, the the crazy thing is that um, here in Germany, people like us with our stories, um, people who doesn't uh, have a, a, like a traditional uh, computer science degree, and now we are doing software development for a living. And it's almost like our story sounds like fairy tales to them because they don't get it at all. At all. <laughs> that how is it possible 
for someone who was working in retail, nightclub, uh, customer service, had zero, zero background in software development, no computer science degree. And now he's working full time as a software developer. How is that? How, how can that be? And I, it always, um, I always think about it um, like uh, there's a scene in um, Ma Matrix, you've watched the movie Matrix. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matrix, the, the, first, uh, the first one. And uh, there was a scene where Neo and his friends were in the building and then um, Neo saw a cat passing by and the cat passed like twice the, the exact same way. And Leo was like, hmm, what was that? And then uh, I think Morpheus came to Leo and, and Neo and said, what did what happened? What did you see? And he said, yeah, I saw a cat, maybe he had a deja vu. And then uh, Morpheus was like, okay, something's wrong in the matrix. We need to. <laughs> and so it's like for, for our stories, it's like alien to them. So it's like, what? There's something wrong in the system. There's something wrong in the matrix. This shouldn't be there's something that's disrupting the system this shouldn't be real so um so that's why i'm so thankful that we have the opportunity to share our story share our knowledge just to let people know that look it is possible it is possible for you to be working 10 years in a um, gas station like denny and then yeah. become a software developer it is possible to have zero background in software development and then start learning in your 30s like you and like me too i started in my 30s also and still land a job in software development great and um when you started this journey into coding into programming were you facing any resistance opposition from friends family members people who were like hey you know what denny love you like you you're a good friend you're a good husband However, this software development thing, it's, it's crazy, man. <laughs> it's crazy. Sorry. This not, is this not for you. Were you facing something like anything like that? I, I wouldn't say directly. Like, no, no one ever came out and told me, like, what, what are you thinking? This will never happen. But I will say that, that I did get some eyebrows raised when I would tell people, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to learn how to code. I'm going to get a job as a, as, a, as a developer. And then they would say, like, well, how are you going to do that? Are you going to school? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm learning on YouTube and, and on the Internet. And that's when I would get those funny looks. And, uh, you know, I just kind of I took a little bit of that as motivation. And also, I, my wife was always very encouraging and she's she always has been and she still is. And she she kind of, you know, backs me up on anything I want to do. And she she believes in me. So I always had that going for me that the times that I did have self-doubt or if I had other people who were kind of, you know, doubting me a little bit, I always had the positive reassurance from her saying like, no, you can do this. And and I saw so many people that were doing it on YouTube. And, and now the, you know, the people that are talking about this, there's a lot more of us now on YouTube and online talking about how to become a programmer or software developer or self-taught but you know three four years ago when i was learning how to code it was it was less people but there were people out there and they reassured me you know watching videos on on different people like the coding phase and and aaron and beta and, and uh you know different different youtubers back then that were like no you can do this and i'm like man if if these guys can do it then then i can do it why what's what's any different from me and and these people but 
it, it was hard and there there was a, a few people that maybe kind of doubted me but no one ever you know said oh you'll never do this but they <laughs> I, I i wouldn't say that they were reassuring the whole time hmm right and um which learning resources were you using uh i mean there are tons of uh things you can um reach out to out there and uh, but uh, were there like let's say the three best resources you were using to learn so there was a lot of trial and error and i think that happens with a lot of people who are self-taught who don't don't really have you don't have the same guidance as if you would go to school or if you would go to a boot camp so uh, i you know early on I, i did some udemy courses i did code academy i did uh team treehouse i did free code camp i did a little bit of the odin project I, i did a bunch of everything but the ones that i found the most useful for me would be free code camp and the odin project i have videos talking about them because they were project-based learning and it felt it, it felt like i wasn't just following along with with someone in a video it felt like i wasn't just following along with the tutorial when when i did those programs i once they they push you into the deep end and they they teach you you know they they're like all right follow this curriculum and then when you're done go build this stuff and then when i had to build the stuff i you know that was when the the struggle happened and that's when then i learned the most so i really always recommend the odin project free code camp and i i did like team treehouse a lot but it felt like it was just more more guided and more handheld than the odin project and free code camp were all right great so uh i think you were also caught up in uh, tutorial hell right <laughs> when you were yeah, starting yeah. i was there also like i i think tutorial hell was kind of a comfort zone and it's very hard to live there because everything someone tells you what to do the next step and it feels so let's say comfortable right but when you yep. start thinking of the idea uh, of the of a scenario where you have to you have a clean empty code editor in front of you and now code right <laughs> <laughs> you're like no uh, I, don't, i don't want more into me than that. so were you also <laughs> yeah. were you also caught up in a tutorial hell absolutely i i mean it i think anyone who goes self-taught and i i think anyone who who even goes to to boot camp or, or school once once you're done with with the courses and you have to build your projects i think everyone faces that oh what, what do i do i i've learned all these things but i have, have no idea how to apply them and you kind of you end up telling yourself okay maybe i'll do one more tutorial I, well i don't really know javascript that well let me go do another tutorial before i do this project let me go let let me brush up a little bit more on my html and css before i build a website and and then it's that that cycle that just keeps happening but the best thing is to just break through and say that's it i'm not touching another tutorial i won't do that again i'm gonna build some stuff and yeah tutorial hell is real and and many of us have been there for sure great i, I think you did a video on that too and yeah yeah uh, great and um when you started or when you were like already deep into software development was were there or before you even started did you had a plan b was it like all or nothing or was it okay if this doesn't work out i'm gonna go back to customer service or retail or whatever <laughs> you know i i really there there's something that happens when you have kids that that makes you realize that there's 
you, you want to set a path for yourself and you want to provide your kids with like the best life possible. And I knew that if I, if I didn't make it in software development, I did not want to go back to retail and I did not want to go back to waiting tables or parking cars because I felt very limited to, you know, how much I could grow, how much I could make and where I could live because I lived in Las Vegas at the time and those jobs are fairly lucrative in Las Vegas, but we didn't want to raise our family there. And it got to the point where I was just like, no, I'm going to do this no matter what happens. I'm I'm going to become a software developer. And and I I just persevered and, and kept kept going and said, I'm not I'm not going back to to parking cars. I will make this happen. And it was it, it was it was hard. There was a lot of doubt at times. But at, at a certain point, I did hit a no, this is going to happen. I remember hearing a, it was a podcast where there was some entrepreneurs and they, they used an expression uh, that they said billions or body bags like they're going to make it one way or another, no matter what, they're going to make it happen. And, and that was something that kind of stuck with me that that I'm not going to fail no matter what I somebody's going to hire me. I will get a job. I, I will get so good that an employer would be dumb to turn me down. And I kind of tried to keep that mindset once I had passed a certain amount of time learning because early on when I was first learning, there was all kinds of doubt and all kinds of like, no, I need to go to school. This isn't going to happen. I'm too dumb. I'm, I, 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 there's no way I'm too old. I'm too dumb. I, this isn't, this isn't for me. And I just kept working through it and kept saying, I'm just going to keep going and see what happens. And that's, that's pretty much what I did. And uh, with a moment where you will on the brink of uh, quitting, like, uh, you know what, I'm done with this. Because I experienced that too, because there was moments where I was like, oh no, this is just way too hard for me. You know, Nathaniel, you, you missed the bus. Uh, it's time to just uh, go back to your normal life and just do whatever you need to do. But software development is definitely not for you. I had those moments so often when I started. Yeah. I, I will I will tell you that there's probably times right now that I still feel like that when when I come across some problem and I'm just like this is this is too hard I can't I can't do this I, but it's it I think it's part of the job and I think it it's, it comes with territory and many times I did feel that I I you know like I said I felt like yeah I'm just too old yeah I need a college degree yeah I I should just quit now it's not gonna happen. But I think that also kind of falls back to a little bit of imposter syndrome. And, and especially when you're self-taught and you don't go to school and you're older and you're doing it completely on your own and, and following people on the internet and, and not having any guidance. And, and there is a lot of that doubt, but I just, I guess it was just determination. And I tried to push those thoughts to the side. And every day that I didn't feel like, like showing up at my laptop and studying, I just kind of use that as fuel. I use that doubt where I was just like, you know what, I'm going to make this happen. I, 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 I'm not going to let myself, you know, be my own worst enemy. I'm not going to let myself talk myself out of this. If everyone says that I can do this, if I keep studying and I keep building projects and I keep going at it every day, then I'm going to do that. And, and that's what I did. But doubt was there all the time for sure. Amazing. And um, did you have a mentor when you started? 
I did not. I I had I guess what you would call a pseudo mentor, and and there was probably there was one person in particular who uh, he probably doesn't even realize uh, how 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 much he was a mentor for me. But I would go to a, a meetup, and I, I always suggest that people network. Uh, networking is very important. It's not going to guarantee you a job, but it, there's something that it does for you when you surround yourself around like-minded individuals and people who have you know who have been in your shoes who have walked the path that you're walking and i remember my first meetup i, I met i met the the coordinator his name was mike and he he came up to me i was the new face in the crowd there was probably about 20 20 or so people at this meetup and it was called demo day in las vegas i i, I always recommend it it's really good it's grown to like over 60 people now i don't know how they're doing it with COVID, but he was like are you going to present something today because that meetup was a bunch of developers would get together and show their side projects and i was like uh i just have my little portfolio i i i just learned like you know i just been doing this for like three four months i i, I don't think i'm ready to to show anything he's like perfect i'll sign you up and i was like oh no but i ended up up going up on, on you know in front of everyone and I showed my portfolio on a big screen and and he actually ended up being a bit of a mentor in a way like he he let me use him as a reference and I would I just kept showing up to these meetups every month and he would help me a little bit with my code and he would give me pointers and he he didn't know how much he impacted me and if he's watching this Mike thank you uh, you know you, awesome guy I think he actually is a teacher now at a code camp uh, at a coding boot camp in Las Vegas but uh he helped me out a ton but he wasn't a, a mentor where I would call him every day or every week and check up with him but he would help me a lot when I when I saw him at the meetup so that would be the closest thing I had to a mentor wow great and uh could you think of yourself being a mentor I I, I could and uh it's it's funny because with with the YouTube channel I've had a few of my viewers actually like call me a mentor I have a discord server where where people have been asking me questions I, I try I try to help people out as much as I can I'm super busy but if I have a few minutes in my day I try to answer comments and I, I try to help as much as I can because I know how, how much value that brings to people who are, are on their own learning how to code and don't don't have anyone and I also have a friend who's been learning how to code it's actually the it's actually the person who suggested that i try programming when i was looking into networking and it uh security and all that stuff when before i decided to learn how to code he was the person that suggested hey uh you should try this programming thing and i'm like you're crazy i'm too i i don't i don't know math i'm i i, I you know I'm, I'm not smart enough for that stuff he's like no i i really think that you'll like this stuff funny enough four years later he's actually walking that path now and he's trying to learn how to code and he's been reaching out to me quite a bit and and he's been learning a lot of like full stack development and he's always asking me questions and I, I don't think he realizes it but I feel like I'm a bit of a mentor towards him and it feels really good to help people so I, I do like helping helping people and mentoring when I can but it's hard to dedicate that much time you know to specifically like mentoring people because I just don't have that kind of schedule but I, I do when I can all right and um, how was your first interview, job interview? Were you prepared, well prepared? Was it easy? Did you have a code challenge? And um, how was it? So my very first job interview or code challenge that I got actually came from that first meetup that I went to. And it, it didn't re result in an actual interview, but I met the CEO of a startup. 
and he was like, hey, here's my business card. Uh, he's like, shoot me an email. I'll, I'll, I'll forward it to HR and we'll send you the code challenge. And if you can pass that, then we'll give you a first round of interviews. Because he, he I, I don't know, I guess he, he kind of liked that I was so new and so eager. Um, but I failed the code challenge miserably. I remember I, <laughs> I hired a tutor on Upwork to help me in Haskell. I, I didn't even know what Haskell was. I didn't know what functional programming was at the time, but the code challenge was in Haskell and I failed miserably. I, I spent a couple of weeks trying to pass it because it was, you know, finish it at your own pace kind of thing. But on my first interview that I, that I had for the job that I landed, I had a very small code challenge because they were looking for people who were junior or fresh out of a boot camp or fresh out of college. And the code challenge was, was something that was hard for me then, but very simple for me now. And it was, you know, create a button on a page that changes an element when you, when you submit it uh, to a different color. And it was basic HTML, CSS, and a little bit of JavaScript. And at the time they were like, you can use jQuery, but you get extra points for vanilla JS. And I was like, oh, perfect. Because the night before I had stayed up all night going through all the JavaScript stuff on free code camp, because I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready for a challenge. I want to make sure I brush up on everything. I was like, I'll do it in JavaScript. And, and it, I did it. And they really, they really liked that I was able to complete that challenge in JavaScript. So they were like, oh, we're going to give you extra points for that. And I ended up getting that job after, after that challenge and the initial round of interview interviews I you know I had three interviews that led up to the last interview meeting with the director but mm -hmm. but yeah it was it was very intimidating to say the least but it wasn't algorithms or data structure based because I was applying for like a junior web developer job so mm. so is that the same uh, company you're working for or have you switched company or no no I I switched I switched companies and I relocated to Washington uh, state that was when I was in Las Vegas that was the the first job that I had uh, which was wow time flies it was almost three and a half years ago when I got that job so mm. now now I I am more of a uh, full stack uh, developer I work in angular spring boot Java and SQL uh, mm. like J hipster stack and I work on a, a modernization program or project that's that's we're we're basically modernizing an old Java application to use uh, the new framework and make it web web based for for it to just be up to date and more modern because they're deprecating the old system and it's just a big big project that I'm on and it's a it's a big code base too so a little different than the first job. So I had. How, how long did you work in your first job? Uh, two years. Two years and then yeah. you switched to another company and you got another code challenge I guess another uh, coding interviews yes so it's it's funny how things work out so when i was you know when i was ready to look for a new job i started applying everywhere you know, like everyone does and i got a few phone interviews and i got i got a, a couple couple little interviews here and there but then i i applied for uh, allegiant airlines and initially they had they had turned me down uh after after the phone interview and and it was it was fine i you know the i i answered everything as honest as i could and i felt i did well but i felt there may have been a few things that i answered more opinionated than 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 they had wanted to hear um and then a month later they called me back and they were like, hey, um, you know, we want to reconsider you. Would you come in and be willing to do a code challenge? And this was probably the most intimidating code challenge I had. And, and at the time, you know, my, my focus was always uh, HTML and CSS and JavaScript. 
Um, but my strong suit was UI development and, and building HTML and CSS on web pages. And they made me code out a whole web web page in like a landing page in one hour with four developers sitting there and my my laptop being projected on a screen. And honestly, I was <laughs> I, I impressed myself because I, I did a really good job to the point where they were like, hey, they, they basically offered me the job on the spot. But these were this, this was the same company that turned me down a month before after a phone interview. And then when they, they actually got to see me live code in front of them, they were like, hey, uh, can you meet with our director before you go? Because we don't want to have to call you back for another interview. If we wow, can just great. knock <laughs> knock out this formality now, we'll, we'll speed you through the process. And I ended up turning down that job for the Washington job because when it rains, it pours. And I had already gone through the round of interviews for the job that I have now. And once I accepted the offer from Allegiant, uh, I kind of burned a bridge a little bit there, but I had to do what was best for my family. I got the phone call and the offer for the job in Washington and told my wife, I was like, are we ready to move? She said, yeah. I was like, all right, let's pack the house up and and, and sell it and, and go to Washington. Great. So that's what we did. Great, great, amazing, congratulations. Um, let's talk about uh, your YouTube project. So, um, like I already mentioned, you started YouTube two months later, and uh, now you've hit 2K, and um, I'm still at, <laughs> oh, I've almost reached 1K now, and I remember when you reached out to me, you had like, I don't know, 10 subscribers, and I was already at 200 or something so i actually started uh earlier and i had more subscribers than you and then now you passed me and i was like man this guy is, is really he's really doing good and um at the first first i was thinking man it's competition i need to i need to step up my game i need to be better but at the other uh, the, but then i was thinking you know what i want to be happy for this guy because he put so much effort in it so much time and uh, i want to help him as much as i can and um, yeah, you reached out to me, you, uh, you were asking some questions regarding um, video editing, about intro, yeah. and I sent you some, um, some tools and uh, just seeing you grow now is so amazing and I'm so happy that uh, you made it this far. And this is also something that also gives me, let's say, the drive to, to keep moving forward, to see, hey, look, Dorian um, has come this far, and um, yeah, maybe you can also do it. Just give it a try, just keep moving forward and um, helping people. I think that's actually one of the biggest, um, the biggest uh, gift you get from this thing is that just seeing people coming out, reaching out to you and say, hey, look, I watched the video. I was on the brink of giving up. I almost quit a software development. I almost quit learning how to code or learning anything. And, but then I watched your video and it was so good, so nice, so motivating. And uh, I'm I'm trying to give my best. And also, another guy that I had an interview with, a podcast with, he just recently got a job, and uh, that was something that really pumped me up. And uh, he said, even during the uh, the interview, uh, his uh, podcast with me was actually the first topic that came up during the interview. And they were like, "Yeah, we saw this interview with uh, this guy with his Code Stories podcast." And we really liked it. We liked your attitude. You will like the way you were talking, the way you were sharing your your experience. And these things are they're way more important than um, than subscribers and likes and views. And uh, so uh, you've been in the game now for yeah almost a year. And how have your experience been being a YouTuber? I 
it's it's pretty crazy because you know when you first start the channel you're you're just like nobody's gonna watch this no nobody's gonna listen to me i i i know i wanted to make a youtube channel i i didn't know what to talk about and i you know i have a couple hobbies that i could have talked about and i was gonna try to just talk about anything that i could and i was like what's something that i can really bring value to people and i was like well you know this is learning how to code thing i remember watching youtubers and i remember how much they motivated me and i was like maybe that's what i can do so then i kind of followed that path and i was just like i'm just going to talk about different things that i remember being curious about or wanting to ask people about and and questions that i can answer for people that are trying to be self-taught and honestly I didn't realize how much of an impact it was going to have on people until I started getting those comments, like you said, that that like, hey, you know, this helped me so much. Thank you. You're an inspiration. And I'm just like, whoa, I, wait a minute. I wasn't trying to inspire anyone, but but it's it's really, really, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing to hear when when you when you hear that from people. It's what keeps me wanting to make these videos. It's what keeps me wanting to to help people work on their goals because I know what it's like. I, I you know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't have the world handed to me. I had to work a lot for my stuff and I won't get into my childhood or anything like that, but you know, life can be hard for some people. And if you can share a little bit of positivity to affect someone's life in a good way, if it's learning to code or if it's just, you know, helping them get through the day because they had a rough day, that's that's more rewarding than anything else. And I didn't realize that until I started getting those comments and those messages, because at first, all I wanted to do was get 100 subscribers and then I wanted to get a bigger channel and I wanted it to grow. But then now I realize it's 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 bigger than that. It's it, that's like the small part of it, the, the impact that you have on people's lives. It's, it's crazy because I never in a million years thought that I would hmm. I would be someone that would would you know influence people in that sense and i hate the the term influencer because i don't ever want to be considered an influencer but if i can have an impact on someone's life in a positive way that's that's better than a million subscribers mm -hmm. you know great great and now you're doing all sort of things on your youtube channel you're doing unboxing q a tips advisors you're doing live stream you did your first podcast recently and uh, so is this something that you're going to keep doing or you just like trying out different kind of stuff experimenting and <laughs> you, you know i'm i really am just kind of trying different things i did a video on like my cell phone because I, I i don't know i i sometimes i run out of ideas and i feel like i don't think anybody wants to hear me talk about code anymore you know i i feel like i don't want to hear myself talk about code anymore i feel like maybe i might if, if I'm always just talking about the same exact thing, maybe I, I might get stale or I might just be repeating myself a lot. And I, I felt that to try and branch out and do different things would, would be good and just to see what may come of it. But it's funny that you said that I did a poll on, on YouTube with, with uh, you know, the community tab. And I, I was like, would anyone be interested in watching me play Call of Duty? And I'll answer questions about code. And most of the people said yes. It was like 70 people responded to it. And it was, it was almost 70% of the people said yes. And then I thought about it, I was like, this, I shouldn't do this. I was like, it's way too off topic and I don't think I'm going to do it. And I was like, I, I, I feel bad because I don't feel like I would be able to bring value if I'm focusing on a video game while I try to answer questions. So I'd rather keep those live streams more focus on code and helping people with their resumes or their, their website and 
I was, I think uh, in one of my live streams, I was code reviewing somebody's uh, first project. He had a React project and he's like, hey man, can, can you code review this? Cause I, you know, I had a, I have a small channel so there's not that many people in the live stream. So I was just like, you know, if you guys want me to look at anything, I will look at anything. I just, I'm not gonna fix your code because I can't go down that rabbit hole. But if you want some feedback on how you can better structure something or if you can clean something up or if how something looks in the UI and, and that's kind of where it went, but uh, Honestly, a lot of a lot of the, the live streaming stuff, I try to stick to a topic, and then it goes it goes a little off off topic. And I I've ha I've had a hard time with my last live streams, and and I guess it's just being new and having mm. different technical errors, and and just not being able to stick to the script. I guess right. you know. Great, great. And um, which impact has uh, YouTube had in your life? I mean, for me, for example. Um, I know that uh, it has helped my communication skills. It has helped me uh, with my writing because I write a lot of scripts, my time management, getting things done, getting things arranged. And um, knowing how a camera works, I had absolutely no idea what an aperture was or, or autofocus. These things didn't make sense to me like <laughs> a year ago. And uh, video editing, thumbnails, um, audio editing, these are just things I was I learned this year. And um, which impact did you have a similar experience when with the, with your YouTube channel? One hundred percent. I would I would say I have to agree with everything you say. And and to add to the communication thing. Uh, I'm not much of a public speaker. I, I, I don't do well. If you put me in front of a hundred people and told me to talk, I, I don't know what I would do, but there's some, there's something about doing it in a camera that makes it feel like you're a little bit detached from the audience in that sense that they're not directly in front of you, even though they are, and they're watching you. And, and I remember my first live stream, I almost, I almost puked. <laughs> there was only like five people in there, but right before it, I was just like, I, I can't do this. Um, it's helped me out with my public speaking. It's, it's also helped me out with, uh, you know, they always say that software developers is very important to have side projects. And a lot of the times as a developer, the minute you hear that, you hear that you need to code on your free time. And while that could bring value for learning new technology or just building something that's outside of what you do every day at work to, to you know, bring a little spice and variety into your life, I felt that that's what YouTube did for me in a sense where I needed the side project. I needed something that, you know, I can do on my free time that wasn't that was productive and beneficial to help me grow. That wasn't just like playing video games or watching TV. Um, I needed something that was was my own and I didn't want to code. I, I It sounds funny, I'm, I'm here telling everybody to learn how to code, but I feel like I would burn out if I had to learn how to code or if I had to work on code as my side project. So YouTube actually helped me get a side project and let me talk about something I'm very passionate about, which is programming and coding, but not having to, you know, just go from work coding nine hours a day and then go home and work on a side project that's coding for the rest of the night. I, and, and I like that it added something that I look forward to and it's helped a lot with my public speaking and, and it's really been impactful with how much it's, it's helping people as well, because that, that's just something that, that it, it's beyond mm. anything that I could have ever imagined. Great. And uh, your colleagues at work, do they know about your YouTube channel? Or is this some kind of a, <laughs> a, bat, it, it, is this some kind of a Batman thing? And uh, uh, it, on the day you're like Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Wayne and night you're Batman. <laughs> I, I, I will say this, that there are very 
few people in my personal life or work colleagues that know about my YouTube. I have been extremely secretive about my YouTube channel. I, I promote it on Twitter uh, only because it's, it's an account that I created for, for my YouTube channel. I, I don't share my channel on Facebook. I don't share it on LinkedIn. I, I, I told my wife and she told some of her friends and they subscribed to my channel. But even one of my closest friends, he knows I have a channel but I haven't given him a link and he's tried to find it and he can't find it because I, I don't know it. Maybe it's imposter syndrome. Maybe it's just like, I, I, I'm shy about it. And I feel that, that it's, it's easier for people who don't know me to, to open up and talk to them and have them watch me than, than people who do know me. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe they'll be judgmental, which I'm sure they won't, but, but it's just something that I've been very secretive about. And I said, I told myself, I'm like, you know, once I hit 10,000 subscribers, that's what I'm going to tell everybody I know, because, because then I'll feel like I'm a real YouTuber. Cause you know, when you have a, a hundred subscribers and you tell somebody you have a YouTube channel, they're like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I I'm so conscious about it and and yeah i i haven't told many people <laughs> to be honest all right and uh, how do you manage um uh your private life with the full-time job and the youtube thingy how do you reconcile all this let's say projects with each other without causing one side to yeah to <laughs> To go crazy i mean it's it's almost impossible to make everybody happy in the project in uh so how is it for you is it is it uh, has it been something you were able to manage really easily or was it uh, are you having some challenges doing this so i would say when i first started the channel it was very challenging because all i wanted to do was make videos and it drove my wife crazy she <laughs> You know, she was just like, I'm going to throw that camera in the garbage. Although she was super supportive about it when, when I went crazy and I was like, I got to make as many videos as I can. And I, this is all I want to do. She was like, you need to slow down. You know, we, we, you, you got to go to work. You got to, you, you got to hang out with us and the kids. And then I finally, once I, I, I decided, all right, this is something that I'm going to do for a long time. And I, I don't need to go so crazy and I can take my time with it and look at this as a long-term goal and a long-term project that that's when I decided, all right, I work nine to five and my wife gives me a strict, like after work between 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. It's family time, it's help around the house, it's help out with the kids, it's, you know, make dinner, have dinner, play play with the kids and all that good stuff until they brush their teeth and go to bed. And then of course, if my wife wants to hang out after after nine, I will hang out with her. But my, my main YouTube time has just come from sleep deprivation. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, after 9 p.m., once the kids are asleep and I have the time to do it, I basically make videos usually between nine and 1 a.m. And then I just, I kinda, I just don't sleep as much as I used to. And also my wife is really encouraging and she'll give me some weekends while she, where she'll take the kids up to her, her brother's house or her, her parents and, and give me two days to be like, all right, you do as much YouTube as you want. I'm gonna go take the kids and get out of your hair. And it's, it's kind of nice that she's so supportive in that sense. But the, the best time management I've had is, is just staying up late. I've always been a night owl. I've worked graveyard most of my life. I've always been up late. I don't like waking up early in the morning. So I didn't want to 
force myself to wake up at four in the morning and try to do it before work, I, I work better at night. And that's when I, that's the time I dedicate for all this stuff. All right, great. Okay, so uh, we're, almost, we're almost done. Let's uh, wrap it up. Um, where can people reach you, Dorian? Um, on my YouTube channel, really, I, I, I don't do too much social media. I started my Twitter account that's at Dorian Develops, uh, same, same name as my YouTube channel, mostly to try to promote my channel. But if you go on Twitter and you look at my account, I hardly tweet. If, if you want to reach me, you can, you can check out my YouTube channel and you can join my Discord server that I have on there. Um, I'm, I'm, I might make future social media accounts, uh, you know, moving forward, but as of right now, Probably the best way to get a hold of me is through my channel, drop a comment, check out the Discord server, join there and and just ping me. And if I'm available and I'm able to help or answer questions, that's probably the best place to reach me. Great, amazing. Thank you very much for for your time, Dorian. Thank you for being my guest. And uh, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, you're welcome. And I uh, wish you the very best, man. Yeah, yeah, this was awesome. I was really, really happy to do this. This was, uh, it's been a long time in the works. I appreciate all the help that you helped me with when I first got my channel started. Uh, you, you, you really helped me out more than you, than you know by just answering a few questions. And I really appreciate that. And it's so cool that we were able to do this. I'm, I'm really happy to be here and, and thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, folks, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. See you guys. Bye bye.